0: Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Good morning, everyone. Can you believe we're halfway through March already? I don't know. Time has slowed and sped up all at the same time through this pandemic but i hope wherever you are listening that you are happy and healthy and and hopefully it's warming up where you are i'm super excited today because we have a debut author on and if you have listened to book lights for any period of time you know that i get So excited over debut authors because I can remember when my first book came out, and it's so exciting, but you also – it's your first book, so you don't have a huge fan base yet, and so – (laughs) <laughs> You're like, Yay, it's my first book. Who do I tell? Um, so I get really excited when I see debut authors and this particular book I've heard so much great um, you know, there's just so much great hype about this book. So I was thrilled to find out that we could get Deborah on the show. So if you have not met Deborah Fillet, I think it's Fillet, I'm not sure I should have asked that <laughs> before the show, but we were talking about Toronto. So anyway <laughs> Am I saying your name right, Deborah? <laughs> You are. you. Are. <laughs> Yay. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, well, I'll read her bio here so everybody else who's listening can get to know her and you can run out and grab that book. So she's Nigerian-Canadian young adult author. She grew up in Lagos, Nigeria, where she spent time devouring African literature, pestering her grandma for folktales, and tricking her grandfather into watching Passions every night. When she's not (laughs) writing about fierce black girls with badass magic, she can be found obsessing over all things reality TV. Deborah currently lives in Toronto with her husband and their partner in crime, Yorkie Major, and Blood Scion is her first novel, and you guys, you have to go get this book. It's so fantastic, and the cover is to die for, so anyway, I don't want to, I want you to tell everyone about it. Deborah, are you there?
1: (laughs) I'm right here. (laughs) Yay, congratulations. Your first book is out in the world. How excited are you? It's honestly been the most surreal experience. Like, that's, like, the best way I can describe it. It's so weird because you, you're working for, like, on a book for, like, a lot or, like, a long time, like, 10 years in my situation. And so to finally have it out, it's just, like, there's no there's no way to describe the feeling, but it's just so surreal. Yeah, you just want to pinch yourself, right, that it's actually
0: out in people's hands. <laughs> I've, been,
1: I've been doing a lot of that. I've been doing a lot of that, like, <laughs> since last week. <laughs> it's very cool.
0: Do you want to tell everybody about blood sign and why they should go get it right now, this week? And <laughs> of to, course. tell us Tell us all about it.
1: Okay, so uh blood sign is a YA fantasy uh, which is inspired by my Nigerian yoga culture as well as the war on children. The story follows a young girl named Sloan uh, who, at the age of fifteen, gets drafted into the very military that 's been hunting down her people for centuries. So now as a child soldier in the military her goal isn't only to survive but it's also to take down the army from within and so we get to see this really cool um magic system that she has because she's a descendant of the ancient orisha gods and she's got this fire magic but we also get to follow this girl's journey as she's um embarking on this journey of like not only like a moral corruption but also just a journey of like self like embrace, like just embracing her own identity, embracing her own culture, and just basically taking a stance for herself and her people. That's basically the best way I can describe it, just to sum it in short.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I wanted to ask you, too, about that. um I was reading some, I don't remember on which website, but when I was reading about the book, you were talking <laughs> about how this character came to you, and you didn't know if you were ever going to finish the book, but do you want to tell people how that kind of got inspired?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I I grew up in Nigeria, I was in Nigeria for 12 years, and while I was there, you know, I was really close to my grandmother, so she would constantly tell me these stories about like our culture, like our Orisha gods, because we've got this, you know, really cool pantheon, kind of similar to like the Greek Mm -hmm. mythology and like the Norse mythology, but just, you know. African-inspired and just very steeped in, like, the Yoruba culture and the spirituality of it. So I grew up with those stories in mind. And then uh, fast forward to 2012 when I got this, I'd just finished, like, working on, like, a YA Contemporary, and I was trying to figure out how to edit it. Um, and then I got this idea of this, you know, young girl who was descended from, like, the Orisha god, Shango, who was, like, the god of fire. And it just brought me back to that moment with my in my childhood, you know, when my grandmother would be telling me all these cool stories. And so I just figured, I'm like, this is the story that I wanted to work on. This is so, this is the story that I wanted to write, uh, bring this culture to light, to the forefront. And I just started working on it. Um, and then just, you know, obviously there's things that happen in life and you just kind of like start to question yourself, you doubt yourself, like, is this book ever going to get done? Am I ever going to finish <laughs> this? Because um, it took a long time. Like, I wrote my first draft really, really fast. But then again, I ran into the same trouble of like, how do I edit this book? And I think that was the moment when mm-hmm. I kind of realized that I needed to go on this also like this journey of like learning to hone my own craft, you know, because I yes. think as writers, it's so easy to just write and you just write everything that's mm-hmm. on your mind. Um, but then it's like getting actually getting into like the meat of the craft, you know, revision process and like what exactly is like structure, what's your character's goals, motivation, conflict, all those things like it took me a long time to learn that I needed to do the work. To get myself in right. a position where I could actually edit the book properly, and I think that's why it also took so many years to do and to to finish the book, um, just because I was I was learning how to write with this book, you know. Exactly. Um, yeah, <laughs> there was there was definitely a lot of self doubt along the way, um, but I'm, I'm happy <laughs> I
0: overcame them. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I was so lucky because before I got my first bu- book published, I was getting all these rejections. I was really depressed, but I was working for a literary paper in San Diego and we got the in- the opportunity to interview Ray Bradbury, and the oh, trade-off okay. was that we were having him in the paper and he was coming to do a speaking engagement. He was already in a wheelchair by then, but he still would come and talk about writing and he was so passionate mm-hmm. that he could make you cry just talking about writing Aww. but he he had said that writing to him he considered writing one of the hardest art forms because we do learn how to write a sentence and make you know adjectives and verbs and all this kind of thing and so we finish writing a book and we think okay it's done but he said but we don't know how to tell a story yet you know, he said yeah. telling a story and writing a story are two different things. And I thought, wow, you know, it really was a light bulb. And that sounds exactly like what you're talking about, where you you write this whole thing yeah. and then you look at it and you're like, but where's
1: the story? That was, yeah, that was exactly what it was. I just, I felt like I just word vomited you know all of my ideas yes. out on paper and then it's like uh-huh. okay but what, what exactly is going on like where's the story where's the <laughs> conflict you know i remember there was like a specific moment with this um editor this freelance editor who read my synopsis uh this was around 2017 i believe uh just before i got into pitch wars um she read my synopsis and i was feeling so happy about the and so i sent her my synopsis she read it and she's like i really love this but your character has no goals. And I was like, what do you mean my character has no goals? That was such a big (laughs) moment for me. Like, I've written three drafts of this book, and my character has no goals? Like, what what does that mean? And then (laughs) she, you know, took the time to really talk me through just what she meant by that and just, like, explaining to me, like, the idea. That was when I learned about the uh, GNC, like, the Goal Motivation Mm -hmm. Conflict, because she really took the right. time to explain that to me. And I was like, wow, like, I spent all these years, five years at this point, working on this book, and I wrote a character with no goals. <laughs> the
0: craziest <laughs> thing.
1: The craziest thing. Um, but I'm so grateful for her for that, because I think if not for that, like, revision process that she did with me, I probably wouldn't mm-hmm. have gotten into pitch wars because my character had no goals. <laughs> <laughs>
0: feel like that too sometimes we have to write the whole book before we realize oh that's the theme of this book um because because writing writing a book is really hard and there is a craft to it and it takes a while to you know figure out how to tell your story because you know at first we're just writing a bunch of cool sentences (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to tell you that I was listening to um part of the audiobook sample. I love audiobooks and the narrator oh. on the audiobook for this book is so fantastic. And did you have anything to do
1: with picking the narrator or you just got I super did. lucky? I was so lucky. They sent me, um they sent me three uh three names of like the um like someone who would like narrate it. And I, they sent me like samples to go along with it, and so I was listening to uh, a sample of like another work that she'd done, and I was just like, oh, like she, like this just it sounds like it was invoking all of the right emotions and and everything that I wanted out of like my character. So I told them like, you know, this is the person that I would love to have on this, and we were so lucky uh, to get her to actually narrate it. And I remembered uh, listening to like a little snippet of like the first chapter of Blood Sign that she did. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> like, I don't even listen to audiobook, but I started listening to audiobook because, of right, it's just incredible. Oh, my-
0: I had that same experience because I always thought audio books was somebody reading a book to you. And then when my first series came out in audio, I thought, well, I guess I should listen to it and be sure that it's not horrible because I didn't get any say in who the narrators were. And so I listened and I was like, oh, wow. I had no idea that they acted and, and you're listening to it and you're going, I wrote
1: this? Um, so. I know. That was exactly it. And um, when I write, uh, there's, like, this thing with, like, the Microsoft Word where it plays it. But it's, like, this yes. computerized oh, male voice that I'm physically <laughs> being. Yeah, It's, like, the worst. <laughs> it's the worst thing ever. But that's all I had, like, all this time, writing the book and working on the book. So to finally get her voice on it, and she's, like, like you said, like, dr- dramatizing it and just – yeah. acting it out, I was like, oh, okay, so this is what it's supposed to sound
0: like. <laughs> I, I bet the word computer voice butchered all the names of all your characters and gods, right? It did. It <laughs>
1: did. And I just had to be okay with it. I just <laughs> had to be okay with it. There was a point in time when I think I started to, like, basically say the same things that he was saying, and I was ah, oh, you were pronouncing it wrong. That's <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you pronounce
0: it. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> well, I also wanted wanted to let you know that that you know we're we're like soul sisters somehow because I'm listening to your book and I'm like, wait, Nightwalkers—the name of my first book was Nightwalker—and I had oh written God. vampires. Yeah, I had written vampire. My first series was vampires, but set in Mayan mythology, and so mm-hmm. I had gone down to the Yucatan and all this stuff. And I decided that they would never call themselves vampires, and so I named oh. them Nightwalkers. And so then you had Nightwalkers. I was like, "What? Oh, that is so
1: cool! <laughs> Very that cool. Is so cool. That's actually really, really
0: cool. <laughs> so." Can you tell everybody about the world that you built? Because you have airships and all kinds of things. So did oh, yeah. you like <laughs> build your own fantasy world or did you base it somewhere? I mean, is it similar to somewhere here or what? what's your world all
1: about? Yeah. I mean, I, I actually call my world a, dystop, a dystopic future. Um, if the old world, which is basically if the Western world was destroyed in like this, apocalypse and so you see people moving to Africa, the last continent remaining. That's basically what oh, the okay. world is. Um and it's a, uh, I try to call it like a the part two to two thousand and twelve, the movie. I'm not okay. sure if you've like seen that movie. Yeah, just because that was kinda like the like the structure that they had that happened where um just the world as we know it was destroyed and then they all kind of got into the ships and then migrated to like africa uh the continent so the world is very much a mixture of fantasy and sci-fi um i figured you know if people were moving from here which is already like a developed place and they're moving to a different continent they would bring a lot of their technology and a lot of like their advanced weaponry they would they would bring it with so i Mm -hmm. wanted to play with that imagery of you know this uh fantasy africa uh fantasy nigeria that i had built in my book called nigeria where it's very much steeped in like spirituality and 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 this magic system and the gods and goddesses and they had their own Mythology around how the world started. I mean, their own legends and myths around how the world started, and I just kind of wanted to juxtapose that with this new world that was coming in with their weaponry and technology and airships and guns and all that stuff. I wasn't sure how it was gonna, go, I was gonna all come together, <laughs> but it, it did, it did, and, I, and like, I'm so grateful for it. Um, it somehow just worked because um, you got you got to see this, this difference. The difference between the two like you know different people I guess in the in the book the central people in the book that I was um working on so I thought I was like really really cool and just I guess it's like a mix of like sci-fi and fantasy so yeah
0: yeah yeah, it's very cool. Well, and in your world are the gods actually like alive and walking around or do they just inspire people or, you know, did the gods come no, back yeah. out when the world <laughs>
1: ended? How did that happen? <laughs> yeah. Well, so the gods are like they are like they are they were in the history like the gods were there. Uh the history uh basically said that the gods came down from the heavens and each one kind of ruled over these um ancient kingdoms, like the 16 ancient kingdoms. And fast forward to, like, the time when my main character is now alive, her belief is that the gods left. They, they returned to the heavens, but they left their descendants, people who have the same magic as they do, to rule over the land. But then you had um, the Lucys, like, which are, like, these, like, elites, come in, invade the land, uh, kill these people who are descended uh, from the gods with with this magic. They, you know, killed them all, hunted them down and killed them and just kind of like just took over the land, uh, took over the culture, and now they're like the rulers of the land. So anyone who's born of the god or descended from the god, they kind of have to be in hiding, and that's where my main character comes in because she's like a descendant of the gods, and so she has to hide a lot of her identity, a lot of her culture, and just, yeah.
0: <laughs> and at the beginning of the book, does she know she's descended from the gods because she has fire, right? Yeah. So does she know she yeah. has fire, or does she discover it on accident?
1: No, yeah, she um, she definitely knows that she has it. That was actually like a change that was made just before Pitch Wars because you know, you get a lot of stories where, like, the main character kind of doesn't know that she has right. magic or she has powers, mm-hmm. and we see that discovery in the book. But then right. um, someone had told me, like, one of, like, my CPs, I believe, had just told me that I think a lot of what you have here is is slowing down the plot. So why not start from the moment where she already knows that she has this magic, and it's just really about hiding it you know because then I can cut off Mm -hmm. the first layer of the discovery and then having to hide it it's like now it's like no it's like she already knows by the time the book starts but now the the conflicts within her the personal conflict is just the idea of like having to hide who she is in this world that's going to kill her for who she is right right
0: Oh, that's so fantastic. Um <laughs> so is is your grandma is your grandma still around? Did she get to read this book? Is no. she super proud of you? No. No Dang. she's not. Well you know what, not, she is uh, super proud of you.
1: Yeah, that's all my dad says. <laughs> yeah. That's all my I dad know says, she is but I yeah, she's um she was like an integral part of the story and just it's um It's really cool because I think, you know, like we were talking about before the show, I've been in Canada now for almost 20 years. Neither one of us can really calculate this. (laughs) We're writers, not
0: mathematicians.
1: (laughs) Let's just say 20 years. But, you know, um, the moment when I started working on the book back in 2012, it just – it brought me back to those moments that I spent with her before I left Nigeria. And it was really cool to kind of go back into those memories and hear her voice in my head and a lot of these things and the the way she wove the stories and everything. um, it was really, really cool to, to be able to kind of have that moment for myself again, um, because Mm it's been so long since I had seen her, um, since I left and so yeah like that was just a a really special moment for me and she was she was alive when I was working on the book and I would talk to her about it like (laughs) I would I would tell her like this is you know what I'm working on yeah so I got to have that um so that's that's another treasured memory yeah yeah for sure
0: well what's next is this going to turn into a series or or
1: you're working on something totally different next (laughs) No, yeah. Uh this is a duology. So, uh book 2, I'm currently working on book 2 and we're hoping to have it out next year, hopefully, fingers crossed. Yay. Um so yeah, I've, I've been I've been having a great time working on book 2. It's just like an escalation of the plot, escalation of the world. So we really get to dig into like especially like the gods and like the the mythology around that. That's like really, really cool because there's some really cool elements like that. I'm really excited to like bring forward um, so I can't I, I can't wait to share that with readers.
0: Oh, that's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to see it. Um, do you <laughs> know the you. title yet? Are you allowed to tell people the title?
1: I'm not allowed to say it because I'm oh, not sure okay. if it's Talk going features. to change, but I do love the title that we have currently. I'm just not sure if we're going to change it yet. Okay. Okay.
0: Well, everyone, just keep your eye out because there will be a second book. But the first book doesn't end on a cliffhanger, does it? Oh, it does. Absolutely. Oh, it does. Oh, all those cliffhanger people are out there cringing right now. Oh. I know. I know. But, but you I know will what? Say It'll that. mean it's that they really have to buy book, book. two. <laughs>
1: no it's a it's a really it's a really really good one i feel at least so far that's like the reception i've gotten so i'm happy about that well what brought you what brought you from nigeria to
0: canada that had to be like a huge culture shock just because like it's cold and i you know were you are you dying to write a fish out of water story so that you can you know put all that in there
1: Oh, my God, no. Um, I mean, my dad, my dad's been here for, like, a very long time, so um, it was mostly just coming to, like, be with him, join him, and just have the family reunited again. Um, But, oh, my God, I remember. Because back in 2004, it kind of used to be a lot colder than how it is now. And I remember stepping out because I didn't, like, I don't know, when we stepped out, we came in October 2004, we didn't have winter jackets with us. We just wore sweaters because that's, we thought that was enough. <laughs> right. We
0: thought that was enough. And it was, it was and freezing And Canada cold. laughed. Like, <laughs> it was,
1: oh, my God. It was freezing cold. It, like, 2000. I feel like 2004 is probably one of the coldest years that Canada oh, no. really had, like, one of the coldest winters. Yeah, so that was a really big shock for me. <laughs> Did you, when you were <laughs> –
0: we're bringing all of these other people from all over to the last continent left of Africa. Did you get to use some of that fish out of water experience you had with any of the characters oh my on God. the page?
1: <laughs> I wish. I wish. But, you know, the book started with like the fact that they've already, like you're now already basically. Oh, they've, they've already been, been, there. been there. In this new continent. Yeah. For like almost like, like centuries now. So they've all I like I just see. sort of like acclimated yeah to it but they're used cool the hot story to right one day
0: <laughs> yeah well when you do just remember me <laughs> <laughs> but but i would think you had so many cool experiences of what <laughs> that that you could probably really write an awesome fish out of water story
1: <laughs> no i i did i mean the first time i saw snow like i was you know i was in school here in grade 8. and they were like, oh, it's snowing outside. And, you know, my dad, like, he would, whenever he'd come back to Nigeria, like, he'd show us pictures and whatnot. And, but I don't think you really get to understand the gravity of snow until you're actually standing knee deep (laughs) in it. It's like, what is this? (laughs) What is this? And why, why is it freezing? And, like, it was just, that was, that was just another shock. I was just standing there in the middle of all of this snow, like, just like, what is this? What's going on? <laughs> why do you live here on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> on purpose, yeah. I feel like I get a lot of people from the U.S. who are like, why is anyone living in Canada on purpose? Because like, we had a really yeah. terrible snowstorm, I think, last month. It was so bad. Um, and a lot of people were just like, they saw pictures of it, and they're like, why like why are you guys doing this to yourself
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a San Diego native so I'm used to it being hot and dry and yeah every time I go (laughs) up north where it's cold I'm like how do people live here on purpose So I wanted to ask you, because I couldn't help it, but you love reality TV, and I'm not a huge reality TV watcher, but, oh, my gosh, that yeah. Love is Blind, I can't get enough of that show. Do you watch that? Oh, my God. Yes, yes,
1: yes. <laughs> did, did you finish season I'm two? I'm not really sure. <laughs> season two was chaotic. Like, I feel like that's the right blinker. I, I was... It was crazy. Like, it was insane. I loved season one, and I think we got to see a lot more of, like, the romance element and just this idea of, like, love is blind. We got to really see that, and that was really cool. Um, But then it's, like, season two, I'm just like, what happened? (laughs) <laughs> well, I was trying to tell my husband
0: who doesn't watch. I was trying to tell him, you know, I think they can't capture the magic because the first season no one knew what was happening. Yes. And season mm-hmm. 2, all of them had watched season 1.
1: Right. So they, yeah. you know,
0: so they sort of knew what the, you know, what the plan was, That's but
1: so but yeah, yeah. It was it was, it was it interesting. Was crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was. It was really. That's. I think that's the best way you can describe it. I, I, I loved, uh, some of like uh, you know the the people that they had on the show. Like I especially love Deepti. I think she's just a treasure.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, I love
1: her. Yes. When you yeah, when you really look at like the relationships between a lot of these people, you're just like, what is happening? What are you guys doing? But I think you and I you didn't said know said, like, what's the thing with Shane. I'm like,
0: what? Why are we fighting over this guy?
1: Right. Okay. <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh my god I mean yeah there's like there was that was that too I I feel like there's there's a lot more that maybe happened behind the scenes that right we did, did not that we really didn't get to see talking about yeah that we didn't get to see because a lot of those decisions and whatever it, it was really weird I felt like the reunion is like did you watch the reunion yeah I did yeah okay I, that didn't, didn't really help <laughs> It yeah, it was weird. That was what I said. I was like, I felt like I, I had more questions at the end of the reunion than yeah. I did going into it. Because it felt like a lot of people were just holding back. Like, I'm wondering if they signed, like, some sort of, like, NDAs that, you know, isn't allowing them to right. really come out and speak about these things. Because that was just really weird.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was very, very strange. So yeah, <laughs> when I saw you watch reality TV, I'm like, oh, we have to talk about Love is Black. Um,
1: <laughs> no, I, I watch I watch everything. I, I'm like a reality TV junkie. so I'm, I'm constantly devouring everything on TV.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're not watching reality TV, who do you like to read that inspires you to, you know, that you go, oh, my gosh, I have to
1: go get to the keyboard oh my god um you know I feel like I've gotten a lot of like we've seen like a lot of like new writers coming out of course I love Sabata Harris um Ember in the Ashes I think that book was just completely revolutionary in what it did for like YA um I loved reading a lot of like um I like I love the Shadow and Bone series with like Leigh Bardugo um mm-hmm. I hadn't gotten into like Six of Crows but I I absolutely love Shadow and Bone love the T V the T V show too that they're doing on like Netflix where I think that's like really cool.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but I also really just love like a lot of like the new fantasies that we're getting now. Like Roseanne Brown's yeah. like a song of race and ruin. That's like a a duology that's just that just got wrapped up last year and it's just beautiful. Like beautiful writing, beautiful mythology, just beautiful characters, just beautiful everything. I I'm constantly always like if you haven't read it yet you need to pick up that series and start it because it's just gorgeous. Um, but yeah, like I I have a new a bunch of like you know writers that inspire me and they just me reading their work it's like I'm constantly like oh I, I can't wait to get into like get like like you said get on like get on the keyboard and just like start typing and just start writing so yeah.
0: Yes. Well, we're rapidly running out of time, but I did put your Linktree <laughs> link right there on Blog Talk, so anybody who's listening live or listening later, you can click that and follow Deborah on Twitter and Instagram. Do you have a website or something where people should find you? It's coming.
1: It's coming. Oh, Deborah, it's coming. Okay. It's It's coming, though. Okay.
0: Okay, perfect. Well, thanks so much for being here today. Stay warm, and <laughs>
1: I can't oh, wait to see you. the next book. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye.
0: Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.